Drew, this is it. We have finally reached the final level of 2020. I shudder to think what the final boss fight is going to be of this horrific, horrific year, but I'm ready for it. Are you with me? You better hope it's not a boss rush mode because uh, that's the easy way to get me to uh, check out of a game. Oh, no boss rush. That no. would be bad. Yes. That would, uh, especially for 2020, that would be horrible. That would be like fires, famine, racism, deception, all at once. All for us. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not here. No, I'm not here for all that. <laughs> no, just give me the final boss. But until the final boss rears his ugly head, we're gonna sit here and entertain the people, folks. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Devil Zoo. We are so happy to have you with us. Um, I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is the man who would probably make the coolest looking Lego minifigure. Mr. Drew Celestino. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't really. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I think you make a really boss looking Lego minifigure. That's not like a, like a height joke, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No. Just checking. Just checking. Um, I'm all in on the idea I, that we get custom Funko pops of some kind, but apparently you, did you know that you can do that now? Yeah, I guess um, in the the Funko stores, I believe there's one in New York and one in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's that's the um, problem. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a you bad time to customize. do stuff in a store. Exactly, especially in those two areas. I think it's um, I think it's an online order uh, world now for the for the yeah. next little while. But you can get a customized Funko the way it looks, uh, the box, everything. So devils do Funko pops. Not 100% out of the realm of possibility. So, sir, here we are back again. Um, Let us get to the happy, happy joy, joy that all our listeners came here from. Sir, how was your weeks? Hmm. Well, let's let's kick things off, shall we? Ah, there we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. That's what we were waiting for. Anyway. What, what, what is the the drink of the evening? Uh, a classic, if you will. Um, it is a Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale. 2020 release. Yes, I've, I've been... Uh, Sierra Nevada... Uh, Pale Ale was like my first introduction into craft beer all so many, many, many years ago, probably 20 plus years ago now. Um, and the Celebration Ale comes out at Christmas time. Well, like in, in the fall, in the fall into the winter and has come out at that time is basically as long as I can remember. So as long as I can remember, I have made sure to get myself some every fall winter. And uh, this year is no exception. So having a nice Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale. Alrighty. It's a and wonderful beer. We we do have much to celebrate this episode. Um, some of it <sighs> joyful, some of it a little more somber, um, but celebrations all around. So, my weeks. Um, Your weeks, sir. Let's see here. I mean, it's not like I went anywhere. Um, <laughs> right. 
Uh, let's see. I got um, some final, well, final, air quotes, uh, recording done on um, A Long Cold Dark Song. So that, that if, I'll, if I can live with everything that I did, um, that leaves just one song left to sing. And then I'm in basically final mix mode. So we are closer than we were yesterday to being finished today. Um, but I'm not going to do any sort of release planning or anything of that nature until, number one, it's all completed and uh, in the can, and then I'll do all that stuff. And number two, um, I'm still at a kind of a loss, kind of a crossroads. I don't know what to do about... <laughs> Some type of performance. I haven't figured that out yet. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that's uh, been on my mind. But in any case, that's 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 what's going on there. Um, I finished construction on a parts caster. Finally, uh, I'm slowly chipping away at that for the last three or three months or so. So it finally all came together um, late last week, and that's super fun. Um, Turned out beautiful. Made a Telecaster out of a body I got on eBay, a neck from uh, Warmoth, and my choice of pickups and everything. Put it all together, and it's great. It needs some fret work, though, so I'm going to be taking it to uh, my luthier of choice in town tomorrow sometime, and he'll have to do a little fret work on it to make it uh, perfect. But other than that, I'm super stoked about that. I kind of want to do another one, but at the same time, I have, oh... I think I'm back in the 10 or so range, maybe more of guitars now, and I don't know that I need any more, but it's kind of my addiction, so it is what it is. We all have our demons, I suppose. There um, are worse addictions to have. I, I, Well, it's a pricey addiction. <laughs> there are pricier addictions to have. I suppose, I suppose. Um, I should probably like think less about guitars and like more about, oh, I don't know, more practical things but in any case um i geez we had thanksgiving between our episodes did we not we did so thanksgiving um we we kept it very small it was just jen's family that came over and we see them pretty much every week anyway so well under 10 people it was just six of us yeah six of us plus plus due to seven so um but i still cooked as if i were cooking for like you know double that um well i mean that's just my nature i can't help it one of the best parts of thanksgiving is the leftovers we had plenty of that plenty of leftovers but um yeah i made turkey i made stuffing i made mashed potatoes jen made the sub the the sweet potato casserole everything was excellent um and then i had a abundance of leftover leeks um for whatever reason the instacart shopper bought me like a, a shopping bag full of leeks when all i needed was like two he gave me like 10 so um to try and use up these leeks i ended up uh making my green chicken chili yet again I'm, I'm, i've made this chili like almost every week since i started making it carl it's it's addicting it's amazing it is, is it, are you kind of adopting it as your patented chili it, it is, is, it, that, it, I is think, that the signature Drew chili? I think it's replaced my red chili. It has replaced my stock chili that I've been making for well over 15 years. <laughs> the green chicken right. chili is the new hotness, and it is so, so good. 
Um, so I used, it is very delicious. I, I used up some of the leeks in that um, instead of the onion, and honestly, uh, couldn't. I'm not going to say I couldn't tell a difference. It was it was great. Uh, if there was a difference, it was subtle at best. So that was good. And then to use the rest of the leeks, I ended up making um, potato leek soup yesterday, which is dynamite. Oh my god, it turned out fantastic. So. That's really about all I've been up to. Haven't been doing a ton of video gaming. Um, I'm playing like Doom Two right now. <laughs> I'm somewhere in the in the the level twenties or so. Um, I had a fun, and by fun I'm using air quotes. A uh, glitch. I don't know about glitch, but there was a problem. The problem was, um, I saved my game, and um, level twenty four saved my game. I had. All the weapons, you know, because I just saved the game. You can say, in Doom, you can save whenever you want, right? So I've been saving all along, loading and saving as I need to, to, you know, get by sections and things like that, and then go back. If I, if I die, I go back, and then, you know, run it again, run it again, and, you know, on and on we go. Well, I was doing really well, and then, okay, going to save my game. I saved my game, and when I loaded the game after a death, uh, it loaded me inside of a wall and i could not escape the wall and because this is on switch and not on pc there is no terminal uh terminal for any kind of a you know code entry uh so i could not clip my way out of the wall as i would on pc with the good old id clip code um so i was stuck in the wall and i had to fortunate there's a there's a positive to this the positive is i was in a wall in a toxic waste pit. So I could, you know, take damage and die and start the level over again. But when you start the level over again, you start off with none of your weapons. So you have your pistol and that is all. And I'm in the twenties and the levels. So the levels aren't exactly easy. So, um, pistol I ain't gonna get it done, Drew. yeah, well, I just got done, uh, basically getting myself back to where I was, prior to us recording right now so that was not fun i was that made me really mad actually and uh it's it's apparently a a a known bug in the version of doom that they have used for ports and things like that since the mid 2000s so um it's just it's just one of those things and yeah that part of me does wonder though like all the cheats in the switch versions of doom and doom 2 are entered not entered they're, they're they're selected effectively from a menu um but if it's all being if all of these are just ports of uh the i think it's vanilla doom that they use possibly or might be chocolate doom actually it might even be might even be jeezy doom i don't know but one of the popular doom shells that's out there um i mean if that's what it's using if there were such a way to bring up a, a console window to enter code like if I had a keyboard for my Switch, I wonder if I could do that. But alas, I will go wanting for now. It's fine. I I, I fought my way back as unfun as it was. But I'm back. Yeah, it's 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 okay. But are you back in pog form? Um, I am not back in pog form, unfortunately, no. Alright. Well, yeah. Baby steps. Baby steps, we'll get there. So uh yeah, that's me. How are you? Um, I'm doing all right. Uh, as you mentioned, we had Thanksgiving. Uh, we did not meet with any family out of safety precautions. 
Um, I, uh, you know, there, there was the, there's a, the sense of people wanting to have the Thanksgiving as normal as possible. And I was like, this Thanksgiving is not going to be normal. Like we're not going to have, you know, our normal meeting. We usually go over to his mom's house and my mother comes over. Um, and we weren't going to have that. And I was like, I don't want to try and treat it like a normal Thanksgiving. You know, if it's going to be as different as it is this year, let's kind of do something different. So my suggestion for Thanksgiving dinner was tacos. Like I would make my tacos and, um, we would just, you know, kind of do that. Uh, but Julie, you know, felt strongly about having a, a regular, uh, Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. So we got a, we got a Thanksgiving dinner from Bob Evans. Okay. Which I mean, I like was, Bob Evans. It was good. It was fine. Yeah. It was, um, it was certainly cheaper than what Wegmans wanted. Um, uh, but yeah, it was fine. They leftovers for a couple of days. So it was just me, me, Julian, William. Um, other than that, not really not a lot going on. Um, I think we're going out tomorrow to get our Christmas tree. Usually that we usually do that around middle of December, but uh, you know, I just kind of want to get it going earlier this year. Um, yeah, those, that's pretty much it. My gaming is still primarily Star Wars Squadrons, which has been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, all right. Not not a, not a super eventful uh, past couple weeks, at least I can remember. If I'm forgetting something really big, I apologize. Uh, but dear listeners, as always, we want to hear from you. We want you to communicate with us. We love when you guys participate in the show. It makes the show so much better. Um, not only for you all listening to it, but for us to do it. Um, if you want to reach out and communicate with us, you can do so with the following social media locations. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Devils Do Pod. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Devils Do Pod. You can email us at the Devils Do Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devils Do Podcast.com. Also, just want to take this moment to remind everyone we are now available on Spotify. So, if that is a more convenient way of listening for you, by all means, Go and check it out. And Drew, we do have ourselves a couple emails. Uh, The first one coming from Mr. Nick Landers. All right. And Nick has sent us uh, four questions, uh, one specifically for me, one specifically for you, and then two that would be, I suppose, tag team question. Uh, His first question for me, Carl, have you seen the picture of the Star Wars themed hotel rooms at Disney? I think they look really cool, and I hope to stay there in a couple of years once life lights gets life gets back to no mask, back to normal, and my wife and I can take our three kids there for the first time. Uh, Nick, first off, I'm just gonna say I, I feel sympathy for your bank account, sir. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I have seen the pictures of the hotel. It does look absolutely fantastic. Um, I will stay there one day. Um, if, if there is a benefit to what's currently going on in the world, it's that I can kind of push that a year or so 
Um, instead of really trying to force him to get it done, which is allowing us to get some stuff done around the house. Um, but yeah, I definitely do want to check it out. Did you see those pictures, Drew? Um, I, I haven't seen any recent ones, but I mean, I know, like, I, I was following the development of the, um, of the hotel and all that. Uh, is there, like, new yeah, stuff the, I should be they, checking out? They released, uh, artist renditions of what the pictures or what the rooms are going to look like. Oh, okay. So and not... it's, it's pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah. It's not like live construction stuff. But gotcha. Like, uh, um, like, I see it. Like, I got it. I got it up. Like. I got it up right yeah. now. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. Yeah, very, pretty awesome. uh, very. It's very Star Wars. Yes, it is. No windows. That's a little weird, but okay. <laughs> well, no, there there are windows. Uh, yeah, 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 they're kind of they're kind of Tony Stark windows. Like you can choose to have just like a regular <laughs> window looking out of the hotel building, or you can replace it with a starscape and like Star Wars stuff. Right, right. Drew, right. I got regular windows at home that can look out into you know real world. When I go to that hotel, I'm looking out at Star Wars stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm, Drew, I'm I'm legitimately concerned. That I'm not going to want to leave. Uh, like, we'll I, th- see. I think I'm going to become space hobo person and just like live at that park. Maybe, maybe, know. maybe, maybe. So, all right, moving on to his next question, Drew. Now that AEW and Impact seem to uh, have potential spoilers. working arrangement, yeah, yeah, we're gonna be. Trust me, folks. Huge things happened in wrestling this week, and it was so huge that it will happen in our new section. Um, do you think this will help AEW's women division get better since Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor are working together? Dare to fantasy book with the four companies' talent. Carl, please chime in. Just to touch on that last part, I wouldn't be able to chime in because I'm not familiar with the other companies' talent. Um, Drew, do you want to table this one for our winter's coming discussion? Yeah, I think we're going to get into it. We're okay. going to kind of get into all this. So, Yeah. All right. Is there Not to worry. We're, this what? will be addressed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, with the unfortunate rise in COVID cases, do you think that Dynamite and Rochester, rescheduled for June 2021, will be rescheduled for a fourth time? <laughs> or maybe will it happen if the world gets the vaccine mass distribution? distributed in time uh that's getting pushed back again almost certainly yeah even even with the vaccine rollout even if it were to you know even if we were to roll it out immediately um i i don't foresee enough of the population getting it for by that date and uh i i yeah well i don't have a lot of faith in uh I mean, there's there's certainly light at the end of the tunnel in that, you know, I'm trying to remain opt- somewhat optimistic about it, but uh, uh, the realist in me knows that this, this is going to drag out longer than we want to admit. So, you know, be hopeful, yeah. but be hopeful, but be prepared to unfortunately deal with this for quite a bit longer. So, yeah. All right. Um, his fourth question, since the Mandalorian is such a mega success, do you feel Disney will be making multiple spinoffs like the Obi-Wan show and more? Ah. And do you think they'll have John Favreau involved with all of them because he should be really enjoy the show guys. This is the way <laughs> my opinion. Um, it seems like a no brainer, but I think they might be reluctant to, uh, they probably don't want to oversaturate 
the market. Um, right. And I think like it's tempting to want to just go all in and like, look at this thing's doing gangbusters. We should just do a ton of these. Yeah. But yeah. as I've said for a long time and you have disagreed with me a little less, less is more. Um, you know, I think Disney might've actually learned that lesson the hard way when they tried to release solo months after the last Jedi. Um, you know, there is a threshold on all this stuff. And uh, if you just dump out too much of it, it, none of it really is special anymore. So let Mando take the center stage. And then when the Mando is done, whenever his arc concludes, because I don't think it's going to go on forever, they probably have a, some kind of you know general outline of how long they want it to go and yada yada. Once it's reached its conclusion or whatever, then you you know have the next one in the can ready to go. I, I feel like they should just right. always have a flagship and and stay focused on it. Right. Um, I agree with that. I think they've been really smart, uh, especially, I mean, obviously uh, the pandemic's had a lot of influence on this, but you see with things that they have shot and ready to go, like WandaVision and Winter Soldier, they're not counter-programming themselves. Right. And I don't think they would necessarily do that with Star Wars stuff either. They want a central focal point for Disney+. Plus. You focus on that, and then that goes away and makes way for a different central focal point. Like, for example, when Mandalorian, we have, I believe, two episodes left for Mandalorian. And then we have WandaVision. Yeah, eight episode seasons. Ah. Uh, And, yeah. (laughs) And then WandaVision starts again in, or starts in January. All right, all right. So they're being very smart in that they're not overcrowding their own marketplace. So now we know we're getting an Obi-Wan show. Uh, I saw before we started recording, I saw that Diego Luna stated that uh, the Cassian Andor show is going to start filming this month. Um, so right now, I think for what they have planned, they're good for right now. They've got Mandalorian. I believe they said Mandalorian's going to be a five season show and then it's the story's done. Okay. Um so you do Mandalorian. If you kinda wanna do a like a Netflix Marvel thing where you oscillate the seasons of the characters, like, you know, we get Mando and a season of Mandalorian, then we get WandaVision, then we get like just to use an example, season one of the Obi-Wan show. And then we get like, you know, season one of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then the next season of Mandalorian, you know, keep it maybe not that separated, but, you know, keep a central focal point and don't overcrowd your own marketplace. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. So that's my thoughts on that. Uh, Nick, thank you very much for the email. We appreciate it. And our next and final email is from Mr. Jay Gelsimino. Jay! Uh, Drew, Drew and Carl, you get the keys to a Marvel or DC property. Mm. The whole universe is at your disposal to make a TV show or movie. Mm. What company what storyline and who directs you can add in specific actors to if it's another, we need to fill time kind of week. Wow. 
Oh, man, that's loaded. Um, well, Carl, prior to uh, us doing what we do here um, and prior in, in another in another life, maybe, I don't know, five years ago or so, I would have easily said Daredevil. <laughs> um, but we got that. Yes. But we got that. Oh, did we? And oh, oh, I'm so happy we did. I'm sad that it didn't go on longer, but we did get what we got, and it was a great ride while it lasted. Um, so now you were to ask me, what would I do? Uh, free reign, boy, oh boy. Um, that is a tough, tough question. <laughs> I may have to let you go first because I'm a bit stumped. I don't know that I have the. Well, you know what? No, hang on. I take that back. <laughs> I take it back. I do know. It was right there. It was right there in front of me the whole time, Carl. I wanted what you got. I'm doing GI Joe, but I'm doing, okay. but I'm doing it my way. I I don't have a uh, a team of you know talent to to spit at you right now, but I do know the tone I would go for would not be what they went for with the movies. <laughs> um, so are you doing a movie or a television series? I'd go movie. Um, well, actually, no, I take it back. I'd do a TV show. TV show, all-encompassing. Um, we're going to have a lot of angles. There's going to be the big battles, which will only take place, you know, usually as, as finales, that kind of thing. But we're going to focus a lot on a lot of different characters. We're going to have espionage. We're going to have spies. Um, we're going to find a way to kind of ground some of the more wild ideas that ever got put into the line. We'll find a way to make them work in a contemporary, believable setting. So things like Serpentor. Um, we're going we're gonna to do that, but we're going to do it in a, an interesting, realistic way that makes sense. And, um, yeah, I will keep it, we'll keep it pretty tightly character focused and then we'll ramp up the action when we need to. So more kind of like a GI Joe shadow ops. Kind of. I mean, there's going to be, you know, it's, it's tempting to want to do like, you know, the cartoon had every episode had some kind of weird, wacky plot that Cobra have, right? Well, you know, when you're doing a kid's show and you got to crank out 60 episodes, whatever, for syndication, that's one thing. But for what works, what I'm talking about, each season would have, you know, a, a big... Cobra's going to have a plan, obviously, but big overarching plots and, and plans, not like, you know, pl- you know plot of, plot of the week or plot of the day kind of stuff. Um, and all your characters are going to get fleshed out, and there's going to be more deeper stakes involved um, because we're going to get to know the characters more. And yeah, and we're gonna ground it. We're gonna we're gonna ground some of the more wacky elements. All right, but it it needs to happen. It definitely needs to happen. So so you're saying no, Sergeant Slaughter? Uh, no, no, Sergeant Slaughter. I'm sorry. That's unfortunate. The fridge, um. The fridge is the fridge is welcome. <laughs> the fridge is all right. Um, for me, I'm I'm gonna 
do something that's kind of already being done. All right. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a wild guess and say better than what they're planning on doing. Um, I'm going to do Green Lantern. Okay. I'm going to do it as a series. Uh, the first season, there there will be an initial three seasons plotted out uh, trilogy story, trilogy style story. Um, the first season is all about uh, the ring finding Hal Jordan, Hal Jordan being trained, and dealing with the Manhunters. Okay. And also, and also the fall of Sinestro. The second season is going to be the Parallax story. Uh, Parallax infects Hal Jordan. He becomes Parallax. He becomes this like alpha level threat that the Lanterns have to deal with. And then the third season is the uh, Sinestro Corps and the uh, the war with the Green Lanterns. And then if we were to go on past that, then you start to introduce uh, some of the... I mean, you probably can introduce a couple of the other Earthbound Lanterns throughout the season. Um, not... Guy Gardner. Guy Guy has his place. Uh, yeah, he does, and his place is way over there. I mean, um, he has to be put in his place, but Guy has a place. Yeah, so that's that's kind of what I would do. More I like I, I I I should it should, it should be noted. Um, clearly, budgetary concerns are just you know nothing. There are no budgetary concerns here because I think both of us have ambitious ideas. <laughs> well, your budget is much more controllable than mine. Yes, yours is yes. like you know realistic uh, with a fantasy twist military show. Mine is space cops. Um, yeah. So my budget, I think, it'd be slightly bigger than yours. Probably. Um, probably. Okay, so uh, Jay's, whoops, lost it here. All right, so Jay's question for you. Now, this one you can answer without going too much into the, the news that we're going to be doing. Uh, Drew, do you actually plan on watching Impact Tuesday or just the YouTube highlights later? Um, Tuesday, 8 o'clock. I mean, I have nothing going on at that time. Dude is going to bed. So I, I generally do, do we even know what channel it's on? Um, it's on Access TV, but I don't know if I get that channel anymore because I recently redid my my package on Direct TV. So I'm saving some money, so I probably don't get it anymore. If I do get it, I'll watch it on Access. If I don't, and if you don't have it yourself, good news. Um, Impact streams for free on Twitch. It, so go on, oh, twi- go on Twitch, right. and oh. Impact is there at the same exact time as they are airing on television. So you're good to go. That's pretty smart. Um, any port in a storm, Carl. They need people to watch their programming. Yeah. All right, Carl. More interesting concept. The Street Fighter characters in Lord of the Rings or the Lord of the Rings characters in Street Fighter? Huh. <laughs> huh. Um, 
I'm going to go the Street Fighter characters in the Lord of the Rings because they, in a very roundabout way, somewhat lend themselves better to the story. I mean, Ryu is always walking around. There's a lot of walking in Lord of the Rings. So, yeah, we'll go with uh, the Street Fighter characters. You know, maybe maybe a good uh, Hadouken will finish off the one ring instead of having to take it all the way to Mount Doom. Yeah, all right, cool. Fun times. Thanks, Jay. We appreciate the emails, as always. So now, let us move on to our news of the week, news items of the week. Um, and we do, uh, like, like we said, we have things to celebrate this week. Uh, one of our celebrations is a celebration of a life, a life that impacted a lot of ours, a life that played a very key and pivotal role in something we love very, very dearly. Uh, this week, we celebrate the life of David Prowse, who passed away last week due to complications of COVID. Um, David Prowse, for those, I'm sure everyone listening to the show knows, but just in case you don't, uh, David Prowse was the actor who portrayed Darth Vader in the original trilogy. He was the man inside the suit, uh, whereas James Earl Jones did the voice. David Prowse was the physical presence and physical performance of Vader. Um, now the, the two things I think you always immediately think of when you think of Vader is the voice and the physical appearance. Um, just that imposing figure and the performance he put in was just as pivotal to that character as James Earl Jones's voice. And this is yet another member of the original trilogy cast that, that we have lost in as many of years. And Drew, as you and I have discussed it before, you know, we are getting to the age where we're starting to see our childhood uh, uh, cross the rainbow bridge, so to speak. Yep. Um, it's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I hate seeing, you know, those, those names that we know from our, again, from our childhood that we grew up idolizing. You, you just hate seeing them move on from this earth. And, uh, you know, David Prowse was not treated super great by Lucasfilm, which is a shame, but, um, you know, he was the man in the suit. You can never take it away from him. Um, he, he, he gave Vader his, his size, his presence and, um, and his, uh, demeanor, um, his physicality, um, and he'll forever be part of uh, of the lore. So, rest in peace, good sir. Indeed. Go with the Force. Um, so, that being said, moving on to some, you know, lighter, lighter-hearted things. Really quick, I just want to touch on something. Obviously, there was a big announcement this week that Warner Brothers is going to be releasing all of their 2021 theatrical plan releases directly onto HBO max same day as theater release. Obviously this is a massively huge announcement <laughs> and to really uh, take apart something like this and dissect and dissect its possible implications. Um, I thought it would be great to 
have an expert on the show in matters of finance and economics. And I'd asked her if you'd be interested in having uh, my financial advisor on the show with us. And Drew's all for it. Um, and my financial advisor, unfortunately, could not make it this week. Uh, it was kind of short notice. And the good the good sir has three kids of his own. So kind of scheduling something that short notice is so most of the time it's impossible with one kid. So you could just imagine what it's like with three kids. Um, so he will be on our next episode and we're going to go into that big announcement in depth in our next episode. But I didn't want, want you, the dear listener thinking that we were going to skip over. So let's move on to some other fair, a very, very, very show centric, uh, drew this past week. the Hashtag save Daredevil uh, was trending again in Twitterverse. Really? Uh, mainly, be- mainly because this was the official, uh, I believe, the official end of the time where you know Netflix had the rights and they have 100% officially reverted back to Marvel, Marvel Studios now. Um, one of the things that really got this thing... Uh, trending was because uh some of the uh, cast members were tweeting it out most notably vince d'onofrio and some uh marvel cinematic universe alum were also tweeting it out most notably uh agent colson himself mr clark Gregg. so drew this thing has been kicked up again um we've we've touched on this a little bit in the past but now the the rights the rights are back with Marvel. What what are your thoughts on this? Do we see the character again? I mean, obviously, we know we're not going to get that show back. Um, that show was a product of its environment, and that it was on Netflix. Um, but Marvel obviously is going to have plans for this character. How do you think they introduce the character again? Do you think it's Charlie Cox? And when do you think this happens? Uh, it's it's not going to be imminent. I can tell you that. Um, then again, I mean, maybe they could they could shock the world tomorrow and be like, oh, hey, by the way, Daredevil is coming back to, you know, Daredevil is coming back to, to Disney Plus. 2022 like you know they they can do that anytime they want um i I don't know like i i i wish i had a better feeling for how they view that stuff like it was acclaimed fans loved the daredevil show i mean let's let's put aside the other ones for a moment like let's i'm not not talking about luke cage i'm not talking about iron fist I'm i'm not talking about punisher like jessica jones when you just look at Daredevil, like it was pretty well received across the board, right? Right. So, uh, does Marvel embrace that and give us, you know, that back, or do they say, you know what, it was great, it had its it had its run, but we we have a bigger universe to play in here, and we have to kind of make it work for that. I I I don't know. Um, I'd certainly like it. I'd like it if they kept it, you know, 
this picked up where the Netflix series left off. But um, I, we've always felt that the tonal the tonal differences in the Netflix shows and the MCU proper um, is is pretty stark. Um, and I don't know if the Marvel's quite ready to go there yet with the MCU. Then again, I mean, uh, did you see those those rumors? And I don't even know if it's rumors. Like, I I, I think it's I think it's still rumored, but I it might be actually official that they're doing Deadpool three with Ryan Reynolds, and it's going to be rated R, and it's going to be Marvel. Did you see that? I did see those. So yes. if that's if they're willing to you know go there, then why can't an uh, a more grounded, edgy Daredevil show exist? I don't. I, so I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I think that you can. I mean, listen, we we've said. We, we've kind of, in this world we live in, I'm not just talking about, like, pandemic. I'm talking about, like, you know, geek culture since 2008. You can't say it's never going to happen anymore. Because pretty much anything we thought would never happen has pretty much happened. Um, so, could they bring back the show? Yes. Do I feel it would be the same tone as the original show i don't um i still think you can bring back that entire cast use them and it does not have to be that tone you can still make it serious and you can still make it um a a for lack of a better term a darker tone than a lot of the other stuff they're doing uh, but it's probably not going to be Netflix gritty. Um, I would really like to see the character show up. I think we've discussed this before. Like to me, the the coolest thing to reintroduce the character is they're doing the She-Hulk series, and the season finale of the She-Hulk series. Jennifer Walters is late coming into court, and as she walks into the courtroom is right when the bailiff says all rise and you see the defense attorney is Matt Murdock. And I think, you know, obviously everybody, ourselves included, want Charlie Cox back as Matt Murdock. We want Vince D'Onofrio back as Wilson Fisk. We want the entire cast back. Um, I, I'm very interested because it seems with what we know of the next phase of the cinematic universe is going to be slightly smaller scale, uh, dealing with, uh, bigger universes in smaller ways, especially with the multiverse, things like that. And so I think it's time that they can definitely, they have this opportunity to really explore the street level characters like Netflix did, but who knows? I mean, again, you know, Marvel's credit line with us is very good. And, you know, even if we hear something announced, we're like, I'm not sure if it's necessarily something I agree with, but I will wait and see what you do because you haven't necessarily done anything wrong yet. Right. So, 
we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, our our little Daredevil show that could, which is kind of not so much a Daredevil show anymore, but that's okay. We're always a Daredevil show at heart. Um, uh, next news item just announced today, Drew Snake. <laughs> snake snake we have a cast for a metal gear solid film and it is another none other than mr apocalypse poe dameron himself oscar isaacs drew how do you feel about this um i love oscar isaac uh, but as Snake, I mean, he's a great actor. I'm sure he's gonna he could do it, right? Um, but I don't know. Physically, he doesn't strike me as Snake. He's not the tallest guy in the world. And I well, say that'll I, help. I say that as a short help guy. Him fit in the box. Uh, yes, yes. Clearly, they did. The, the, yeah, they scouted. They scouted this well. Um. <laughs> I know that shouldn't matter, but um, let me tell you, Carl, as a short guy, it does. It matters. So um, I don't know uh, how he's going to physically prepare to be Snake, um, but you know what? It's Hollywood, and uh, I'm sure they can make it work. Tom Cruise is a very slight man as well, and we buy him as an action hero. So, um, you know, Oscar Isaac is awesome. Um, so as long as he brings his a game to the performance, I think, uh, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, I'm all for this as well. Uh, Poe Dameron, easily my favorite character from the new star Wars films. Um, I really enjoy Oscar Isaac. Anytime I see him in a film or in like some sort of interview or something, he just seems like a, uh, he seems like a good hang. Seems <laughs> like be a fun guy to hang out with. Um, so I'm definitely all for this. All right. But what um, is that movie game going to look like? That's that's the question. How do you... How, do you know how nonsensical the Metal Gear Solid story is? Just just make the original Metal Gear Solid game. Just do that. <laughs> God. Yeah. Even complete, the, complete with Psychomantis screwing with the audience. Even that's a bit much. But we'll we'll see what they do. Indeed. All right, Drew, on to the biggest news story of the week. Folks, typically this is something that uh, we would cover in our How Is Your Week segment. Uh, It's We we never shy away from talking about our passions. Uh, Professional wrestling definitely being one of them. Um, Originally one of Drew's passions, and I've kind of hopped on to join in the fun with the emergence of AEW. And oh boy, golly, <laughs> did we have ourselves a show this past week? We did. Um, many, many things happened. So just to to kind of set it up a bit, they they were building up the weekly show of AEW All Elite Wrestling is called AEW Dynamite. Uh, this week's show was called Winter Is Coming. And was essentially built as a pay-per-view level event in place of their weekly show. And we had three massively huge things happen 
at this show. Um, some of which, some of which excitement generating, one of which, uh, very question raising. So let's get into this, Drew. Let's go. Um, this this being your passion, your baby, I will let you take the lead. Well, you can walk. You can walk this. me through. Um, All right. So I think I think the first thing, um, not to bury the lead. Oh, I, I do want to mention that we all got together and watched this via video chat, me, you, and Alan. Uh, so we were watching this together, which at times seemed awkward because we were all at different points in the broadcast because I, of delay. I blame Facebook uh, uh, Messenger for that. We should try Discord sometime. Okay, we'll do that. We want to do this again. Um, so there was a tag team match between uh, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs of Team Taz. Love Team going Taz. Against Going against uh, Cody Rhodes and uh, AEW newfound sensation Darby Allen, TNT champion um, Darby Allen, TNT champion Darby Allen. I will I will put respect on the belt, <laughs> even though Cody apparently does not. Um, the champ comes out last, Cody. Yeah, yeah. I love right. I love you, Cody. I appreciate everything you've done. The champ comes out last. Um. Darby and Cody won the match. And at the end of the match, there's just this huge beatdown. The bad guys are sore because they lost. And, you know, Dustin Rhodes comes out, gets beaten up. He gets murked. And Cody is about to get tattooed with the FTW belt. That's correct. When the lights go out. Yes. So, Drew, at this point... What were you thinking was going to happen? Um, I literally had no idea. So the old trope when the lights go out is that someone's making a, you're either introducing somebody new or somebody unexpected is going to, you know, appear and make the save. Right. So I, all I could think was, Hmm, they're, they're, they're debuting somebody who, who could they be debuting? And, I, and so my brain, because I follow this stuff, I start, you know, yeah. my, I start going into like, okay, who's, who's around, who have they signed? Who have they not signed? Who might it be? Who you know what I mean? Who's who's available? Who's not signed with WWE, etc. And I I had nothing. Then they showed the the, the videotron kicks on, and it's all this snow covered stuff. And I and I did know that former WCW talent Glacier. Um, <laughs> hey, la- laugh all you. It could have been cool. It could it could have been cool. <laughs> They did ruin it, but at the same time, you know, it's a gimmick. It could work. The guy was a, t- I mean, he was a very talented guy. He got, he kind of got, he, he, you know, he did the best he could with what he was given at the time. Uh, I thought it was Glacier. And I only say that because Glacier is friends with Cody. He has worked with AEW. He is kind of in the circle, right? Like, oh, they're going to bring out Glacier and maybe they're going to do a little angle of Glacier. All right, whatever. They're, you know, a little redemption for him 20 years later. Because they had like snow. Yeah. Like snow falling in the arena right so um my brain went it's glacier it's this the snow snow footage on the tron and and then they they got their piping in fake snow in the building and then the tron spelled out sting (laughs) and i went oh my god um it's Dang. And I shouldn't have like freaked out. I mean, it, you know, I don't know. Like, 
it, it's it shouldn't be as shocking as it is because I mean he was in WWE just a few years ago. Um, so it's not like he's been gone for twenty years and this is his first reemergence. I mean he was in Impact Wrestling before before WWE even. But um, the fact that Sting there's a, there's a lot of symbolism in him coming to AEW in that this is the first time he's been on TNT since two thousand and one. He was the face, one of the faces of WCW at that time on Turner, right? Tony Schiavone was the commentator for WCW back then. Tony Schiavone was the one who got to lose his mind on commentary. Everyone gave him the space to make the call. It's Sting! He lost it. He went berserk. And it's just so fitting that he got to do that um, all these years later. So uh, Sting comes out. And suddenly it's like, that's, that's, pr- I don't even care that he can't wrestle because I'm sorry, but he has spinal stenosis and he's 61 years old. Unfortunately, Sting cannot wrestle. Um, but you know what? It doesn't even matter. AEW treats their legends really well. Like all their, all their legend type guys are in good roles on screen or behind the scenes. So like Aaron Anderson is Cody's coach. They never make Aaron look stupid. Aaron is always out there and treated with respect. Tully Blanchard, same thing. He's a manager. He doesn't get treated. You just—they don't make a goof out of him. He's—he's got a—he's yeah. got a gig. Taz, Taz has had the coolest career, career resurgence I've ever seen, right now. Like Taz is awesome right now, and he's got—and and again, he's a mouthpiece for younger guys, but he's super effective in the role. They treat him seriously. I take him seriously. It's awesome. Jake the Snake, same thing. Like, dude, Jake is. When Jake is on, he's on. He'll draw you in real, real easy just by using his voice. So, like, AEW uses legends very well. So if all Sting has to do is show up and be in someone's corner or be a presence on the show to deter the bad guys or whatever, fine. Super effective. And, uh, Carl, it, 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 just some statistics for you. Um, they sold the most Sting t-shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees in the history of the company inside of 12 hours for what, for any one shirt. Wow. On top of that, that sting, uh, debut was, uh, for a good period of time. It was the number three most watched video on YouTube in the world. That for a, for, for a period of time. I mean, it's. I'm sure it's not now, but yeah. but for for yeah. a minute, it was the hottest trending thing on you. It was the number three hottest thing on YouTube. Uh, let's see how many views does it have as of right now? Sting debuting. Let me let me pull it up. Um, where's the Sting debut? I'm sure they have a clip of it. This is all AEW dark. There he is, Sting, dude. It's got 1.8 million views already. The Sting. It's 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 got 1.8 million views on YouTube already. And and a couple of those are from me because <laughs> I I went back to rewatch this because like we were watching it on video chat, so you've got the noise from the video chat, you've got you know, we're all reacting and everything, so I didn't get to fully take in a hundred percent of the moment. I went back and watched it, and I, I'll say this. I mean, I am not the fan that you are, but I remember Sting and I realized that Sting is an icon. He is. And one of the greatest of all time. Um, 
like I go back to before it was crow sting. I go back to like surfer dude sting. Sure, sure. We all remember. Um, we, 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 all, we all remember that. Well, not we all, but I I remember. Yeah, yeah. he was the but, face of WCW, man. He was, yeah. Between him and Ric Flair, those were like, and he was the one that never left. That's correct. Like, that is he, right. He was always there. Um, the the excitement that that moment created. Like I marked out for it. I'm not ashamed to say because it was just a moment that was done perfectly. They they really Between did it well. The music, the the visual presentation of it, and how Sting carried himself in the ring. Dude, he he was he has such a presence. He, like you know yeah he's older now but he still looks the part and uh yeah yeah it was great it was it was a moment that was executed flawlessly and i went back i watched it a couple times and just like there weren't a ton of people there but and you you and i were discussing earlier in the evening about how a hot crowd is so pivotal it to is. professional wrestling. It's so important. And obviously we, we appreciate that now more than we ever have before. Um, that crowd, scarce as they may be. They lost their minds. <laughs> distance as they may be. They popped like there was 10,000 people there. Yeah, it was it was wild. It um, was insane. Quite Quite a moment quite a shocker so sting and they then they they announced after the fact sting has signed a multi-year deal with aew so he's gonna be around he's gonna be on the show again he's I he can't wrestle uh, at least i don't think he can unless he got unless he gets cleared by some doctor but i really for his own health i would hope that he avoids taking any any bumps of any kind but yeah he doesn't have to man like like i said all he's got to do is be a presence and it's, you know, it's cool. And it's interesting that he was in the ring. When he went in the ring, he, he did an interesting thing that I've seen been pointed out on the internet. Um, he went to basically four generations of, of wrestlers before ending on Darby. So first he went to Arn, which is Sting's generation. Then he went over to Dustin, who is one generation younger. Then he went to Cody. Then he went to Darby. And I think it was it seemed, super intentional. It, it a partnership with Darby, some sort of relationship with Darby seems to make the most sense. Yep, totally. Remember when Darby and, was hanging out in the rafters for the last little while? And how, how much because, you want to bet? How much you want to bet they've been working on this for months and putting Darby up in the rafters was just a subtle thing to like go. Yep, see, see what we. Because this company, dude, I'm telling you, AEW, they they know what they're doing. Like, it's it, it's it, I might be overselling it, but look, I'm I'm if you come from WWE world, they plan things week to week. They throw out plans minutes before they hit the air. Okay, they don't remember what happened on their shows the next week half the time. So anything in AEW that get, that gets delivered, believe me, 
they planned it out and they knew exactly what they were doing. So when they put Darby up in the rafters, I'm I almost guarantee they started doing that just to plant the seed in your head that like, hey, remember when Sting did that? And now here we are because they knew they had Sting coming in. Yeah, they they play the yeah, long game. Just- they play the long game and they do it really well. It just it's so refreshing to have a company that doesn't you know, wrestling is always going to have goofy stuff in it, for, and, and it's not all always going to work and pay off. And sometimes it's a little cringy, and we don't, you know what? It's fine. But as I say that, it is nice to have a company put forth something that doesn't insult my intelligence. AEW very rarely insults my intelligence. They they and, they, and they like pay the- things off. They play, they they don't treat me like I'm stupid. And they pay things off. And and like we said, I mean, obviously, a part, some sort of partnership with Darby makes sense and seems to be the obvious choice. Just because something is obvious and makes sense doesn't mean it's going to be bad. Right. So, it doesn't have, you know, that's, the, that's the other thing in wrestling. In wrestling, you, do, in, you don't always have to be smarter than the world. Yes. And this is something that I think... We can look back on, I mean, ultimately, we can look back on the 90s, the the Monday Night Wars, um, as proof of that. When you try to outsmart your audience all the time, when you try to swerve people all the time, just for the sake of swerving people, with no plan, if you're just, if you're just you know, trying to get a pop from the crowd, just, just to create a moment because it's unpredictable, if you don't have a plan to follow that up, your moment meant nothing, right? Like... So if you just because it's unex or just because it's expected or just because it's predictable doesn't mean it's wrong. If you execute it well, yeah. I can know what's going to happen, but if you do it well, great. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> and and when you when you don't do it all the time when you do it it has more of an impact, even if it's not on a like marquee character, like Cody or Darby or something like that. Like, you know, a couple weeks back when they did the swerve with, uh, Willie Hobbs. Right. And he came out and he turned heel. Yeah. And because they don't do things like that, that often it had more of an impact. So, ironically enough, this is not the biggest story of the night. Um, for some, for some people, it might be, but no, it's, it's not. It's it's one B, I would put it. Sure. Um, so to move on to the next biggest story of the night, not the biggest story of the night, but the next biggest story of the night, uh, Drew, we have a new AEW World Champion, and finally, <laughs> it is. The best bout machine, world traveler, wrestled in North Carolina. I still don't know what that's about, but it's making me laugh. <laughs> Mister Kenny Omega. Kenny, and Kenny oh, is champ. This a match. It was fun. This, it was a great this match. Was a great match. Um, um. So here's the thing. I have to. And this is and this is just the. This is the wrestling, you know, nerd in me. Uh, commercials in a title match really hurt. Like, yes. Oh God, com- com- commercials in any match hurt. 
Like when I'm watching a match, I'm I'm it, I'm I mean, believe me, I know this sounds nerdy as hell, but hey, this is a nerdy show. I don't care. When I watch a wrestling match, I am invested. I don't need anything to distract me from what's going on. And ultimately, the two guys in the ring are telling a story. So if you cut away from that story to sell me crap, my perception of the match is now, you know, it's, it's, it's tainted. You know, I can't, I can't focus on what's happening. The story in the ring is now secondary and, and it, it, you know, it, it hurts the presentation of what we're supposed to be seeing. That said, what we did get was great. Was it a five-star yes. classic? Uh, no, probably not. But I think there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, free TV commercials are going to hurt a rating or, you know, it's going to hurt the presentation of that match no matter what. Number two, number two, and I think it should be obvious, this is not the final time you're going to see Moxley and Omega face each other. So they did not, they did not leave it all out there. They saved some stuff for next time. And there's going right. to be a next time, and there, it's, it's going to be bonkers. I think one thing, kind of getting back to your, your take on the commercials, I don't think picture-in-picture picture helps. I agree. Uh, to be honest, I'd rather it cut away entirely. Um, I, yeah, I, I, because I, just from a logistical standpoint, I'm assuming there's some communication to the in-ring performers that the show is on a commercial break. Yes, yes. So they probably downshift a little bit for that moment in time, allowing themselves a little bit of recoup time. Bear in mind, um, outside the U.S., uh, you can subscribe to AEW. I forgot. I think think Fight TV in Europe has this. You can subscribe and you get the show with no commercials at all. So when when they're in break, they're the, yeah whatever is whatever is happening is still happening for the people watching it via that service. But for the majority of the audience like us, yes, we get picture in picture. So yeah, I don't so I don't but I don't know to what degree the talent you know takes it down a notch or not. I I really don't know because technically it is still happening live to someone. Right. So yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of picture in picture, uh, despite the fact that Jr. loves it more uh, than yeah, yeah. the breathing life itself. Um, yeah, it's funny. Like you go back and you watch the the Sting debut. Yeah, Jr. totally flubs that whole thing. He doesn't he doesn't catch up to the required energy level until it's almost done. Um, like I said, Tony Schiavone marking out like an idiot was great yeah um well, so, let, with, so, so uh while we're i mean we're gonna talk about the, the 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 whole thing but while we're on the jr hate train uh jr also said that kenny omega beat okada um in tokyo that is incorrect kenny omega beat okada um for the AEW. or oh my god for the iwgp heavyweight championship in osaka japan not in tokyo kenny never beat okada in tokyo yeah, I nitpicking. Yeah, maybe, listen, but it's factual. No, 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 I mean it's a stat's a stat. Um, listen, Jr. is iconic. He is he is legendary. His gold jacket is well earned. But there is a time when the game's kind of passed you by, and you got to walk away. I, I think it, the product just is not for him, in my opinion. Uh, he, the, I, I, 
I mean, I think his boredom and his dis- his his practical disdain of certain things on the show come across in his commentary sometimes, and it's like that is not how you sell your show, in my opinion. So yeah, Tony Schiavone, so, on the other hand, has been a revelation, um, oh, and I and I think it's because oh, Ski of Bone, dude, Ski of Bone, he was completely divorced from the wrestling business for twenty years almost, like. No, didn't follow it, completely removed. And he is back in, and I think him him seeing the new talent and the new style and the in the you know the the craziness of it all and, and he's experiencing all this for the first time and like he loves it. And it it's clear that he loves it. That he's like completely blown away by by how far things have come. And it shows on his commentary. And he's so enthusiastic all the time. And it just makes the show more fun to to listen to when when it's just him. Like when it's just him and Excalibur, I'm grateful. Like when Jr. is not there, I'm a hundred percent fine with that. Yeah. Anyway. So so anyway, uh, Kenny is the champion. To the, the match real quick. Kenny's champ. Um. Like, yeah. Like you said, not not a a five star match. Um. Probably if you were to do four, four and a half. Like, I think yeah. Meltzer gave it. Four. I think Meltzer gave it four and a half. For for a for a free uh, television match, um, it, you definitely got more than what you normally get. Oh, I yeah, mean, yeah. folks, you got you got a hell of a match on free TV. John Moxley dove at Kenny Omega, who was outside the ring, through the ropes, and Kenny Omega V triggered him. Oh, mid air. Yeah, K- V trigger K- is a, a knee strike to the head. So K- imagine I- someone diving headfirst at someone and then catching a jumping knee to that head. Let me tell you this. These were the best V triggers I've seen out of Kenny since he was in Japan. I'm, yeah, I'm serious. Was, uh, Kenny, like this was the Kenny that I want that, that I've been waiting for <laughs> the Kenny. I the Kenny Omega that, that made me fall in love with Kenny Omega. Yes. So Kenny wins, not cleanly, well, there's an interesting wrinkle to that. No, not cleanly, but it, he, but it, but, and they, they went out of their way. The mic. Hang on. He dropped the mic uh, on Moxley's face. <laughs> yes. But be, be, they, they went out of their way over and over again to say that they had the gentleman's agreement that there would be no shenanigans, no foreign objects, no, no garbage stuff. And technically speaking, it was Moxley who threw the chairs in the ring first Granted, yes. granted, he did not use them against Kenny, but he did bring them into the fold, and then he threw Kenny into the uh, the 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 heater that they had outside because it was apparently in the forties and fifties outside uh, in Daly's place. So they did have various heat, uh, big heat blowers uh, outside the ring, and Ke- and Moxley threw Kenny into one of them in the match. So you could argue, and I think that's what Kenny's going to argue is that the gentleman's agreement for no, no BS was broken by Moxley first making Kenny's use of the microphone as the foreign object, you know, justifiable. Right. And all oh, that, that mini segment when they were sitting in those chairs in the middle of the ring. Yeah. 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 I was just like, Oh, cause they were punching each other. They, they, they got physical. It was great. Dude, look, I'm not going to, pretend moxley's not great like you know moxley is awesome he was hamstrung yeah. he where he came from he was hamstrung um 
he was made into a caricature of whatever he's supposed to be when he was in WWE, despite even early on in his WWE career, he was clearly a different animal than the other guys he was paired with. And they made him into a joke. Now he gets to be John Moxley, like the, 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 the real deal guy can cut a promo like yep. nobody's business and he bring he has a real interesting interest i mean it's the wrong word he is he going to put on an acrobatic clinic like like Kenny probably could no moxley's more of a bruiser more of a a brawler but man is he good at it and man does he put on a physical match and uh him and Kenny this is their second match although technically one of them didn't didn't count but whatever it's their second match and uh they're they're getting a nice Nice little rivalry going, and um, they they certainly can deliver the goods in the ring. So the one, two, threes count. Kenny Omega is the new AEW champion, and then things get weird. They sure do. Now, why why don't you all right uh, kind of take it from here? So because we're getting into territory where I'm just like, wait, what? Okay, so some months ago, Don Callis came out to do commentary on Kenny's match, I think it was against Hangman. He might have even, he may have even appeared in a match before the, I may, I, I could be wrong, someone's going to have to check me on this. As soon as the tournament started for um, the number one contendership tournament, I'm pretty sure Don Callis started showing up on commentary for Kenny's matches. Now, Don Callis, for those of you who don't know, goes way back he was a wrestler. He was a manager in WWF at the time, um, way back in the mid-90s. He was also Cyrus the Virus, uh, an ECW, another manager, authority-type figure, always a heel. Don Callis has been involved in wrestling all this time. Currently, he is the head booker for Impact Wrestling. He has also done color color commentary with Kevin Kelly for NJPW for the past X amount of years, and he's he's great at it. Him and Kevin Kelly are phenomenal on, on commentary there. Um, so, really, really quick, Drew, really quick. He was Cyrus the Virus? Yes. How many matches did he have with Nicolas Cage? Uh, before, <laughs> before Con Air. Uh, what year did Con Air come out, actually, now that I'm thinking about this? Con Air came that's out like, in 1997. So. Okay, yeah. well, that, now we know where, where Don Callis got the name. In any case, um, <laughs> he Cyrus the Virus was like the network executive in ECW, so he was immediately like a superhero because ECW is totally anti-authority. Anyway, it, it, right. we're, we're waxing nostalgic here. But anyway, Don Callis is is great, and he's been in the business forever. He is from Winnipeg, where Kenny is from. He uh, was instrumental in Kenny's early career, and they go back a long ways. So that's why that was. So when he showed up on commentary, went with you know uh, when, when to do Kenny's matches, it was a little weird. I thought, well, that's kind of strange because he works for Impact Wrestling. However, the Kenny, excuse me, the Kenny Omega connection, the NJPW connection, I thought, well, they're just bringing him in for a little flavor, right? Fair enough. What we didn't know all this time was what was happening behind the scenes. Because apparently this has been building for a, a long time. And now we're seeing it come to fruition. Kenny Omega wins the title. Don, uh, uh, Don Callis is right there at ringside. 
He grabs Kenny. As Kenny lifts the belt, I think, once. He grabs Kenny. They get out of the ring, and they get the hell out of Dodge quickly. They book it. They book it. They, they leave the ring. They walk through the tunnel. They pass by gorilla position, or the dusty position, as it's called in AEW, where Tony Khan is there. Tony Khan is not a character on TV, but we know who he is. He's the owner and promoter of the show. They walk right by Tony Khan. They book it to the parking lot. They well, they go through the locker room. Everyone's like freaking out on Kenny because he, you know, technically he cheated to win. So everyone's he's got some heel heat there. They walk past all the locker room. They, they walk past all the talent. They go to the garage. They have a car waiting for him. Kenny makes for the for the door of the car. Marvez, who sucks by the way, Alex Marvez is terrible. Get someone else in there. Uh, Asks Don Callis, what's going on? What is going on? Don Callis says, we'll tell you what's going on on Tuesday. And my brain went, on dark? What? And then it hit me, like, no sooner did I think that, that I went, oh. And then Marvez says, Dynamite's on Wednesday. And Callis says, Tuesday night, Impact Wrestling, Access TV, we'll tell you what we have to say. And that is... The big news falling uh, coming out of all of this is that AEW is crossing over, if you will, uh, with Impact Wrestling, another North American wrestling promotion. Now, how you feel about that, uh, I, I don't know, because unfortunately, Carl, you're you're new. You're kind of you're kind of new to all this. Impact Wrestling, former formerly TNA Wrestling. Um, doesn't have the best reputation in the business. Years of bad, years of bad things. I mean, we're talking years of bad things are associated with Impact Wrestling. Granted, the new ownership, not as much, um, but they inherited a very, very uh, checkered legacy. So a lot of fans, myself included, I don't know how to feel about this this alliance, this this crossover. Now, granted, my my beef with the company is not with their talent. They have a lot of great talent. Um, Carl Anderson and and Doc Gallows are there right now. Luke Gallows, um, they they are the originators, along with. Finn Balor in WWE that now anyway, but at the time, uh, Fergal Devitt, they are they are the original Bullet Club, okay, legit original Bullet Club. They left WWE, and everyone thought they were almost not certain, but likely to go to AEW. Instead, they wound up in Impact. Impact paid, right? Whatever. Impact Impact's paying people too. Um, their women's division, out of all the crap that they've gone through an impact one constant in the in impact that is a positive they have had a really strong women's division for years and that remains the case right now they have a they have great female talent in in impact so if that can help bolster the aew women's division good that's a good thing because AEW's one of their weak points is their women's division so i can see positives coming out of that but Ultimately, it feels very weird because AEW, despite being the new kid on the block, is de facto the number two promotion in the United States. 
like they just are. And no one, you know, I'm sure Impact fans don't want to hear that because Impact's been around for so long. And ROH fans don't might not want to hear that because ROH has been around for. But it look, it's true. They have a show on on, on national television every week that's drawing near a million viewers. They did nine hundred and eighteen thousand, I think, this week, something like that. They they're they're getting they're pushing towards a million. The Sting thing might put them over the top next week. We'll see. Um, they don't need to be, you know, reaching into the, uh, uh, you know, they don't need to be bailing out impact. Like I'm, I really question the, the gains to AEW from impact here. The impact has everything to gain here by this, by this affiliation. I really don't know what AEW stands to gain out of it, except for the, 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 the idea, which, and I think this is the idea, AEW wants to be basically, they want to bring all wrestling together. So they want to make it all matter. They want to make all companies uh, intertwined to some degree. Basically, high tide raises all ships mentality. Um, they don't want to pretend that other companies don't exist. They don't want to pretend that other wrestling doesn't exist. If a guy comes in from somewhere else, they don't pretend that he's new and that he's never been seen before. They bring his whole legacy with them. Um, so the, I guess the idea here is we're all going to, I think the idea is AEW is going to make alliances with every company they can to basically be the kingpin for lack of a better term, the kingpin of of non WWE wrestling, where everything matters, you can be a fan of everything that you want to be a fan of, and it all it all matters, and it's all possible to intertwine at some point. So, if you like a guy from Company X, you might see guy from Company X wrestle your favorite guy in Company Y. That being AEW, it is it's possible to happen. Um, I don't. Th- you're, we're comics fans. I don't think you need to. Tell tell us about the exciting prospects of crossovers, right? Like we we love crossovers in comics. It's always exciting when things like that happen, or that they or that they can even or that they can happen. Look at the MCU, for instance, right? How long was uh, how long for how long were all the franchises in the MCU walled off at at different studios, and then suddenly you know we saw the the whole thing unfold where all things are possible now because everything's under one roof. Now, it's not quite the same thing with AEW, but the idea is kind of the same. Like, we're not all... It's not all walled off. The walls are, the walls are open, more or less. AEW is just going to be the catalyst to make it all kind of work together. I, at least, that's the idea, I think. And that's exciting. Yeah. Um... There was just a lot of confusion on all our parts at the end of this on Wednesday night and having had a chance to step back and think about it more like it didn't it didn't feel necessarily good at the end of the show because like we had been pulling for so long for Kenny to become the champion and he finally did that and then like the the moment was sacrificed for this other thing that we don't know what it is and because it's so unexpected and because we've been having so much enjoyment out of AEW something that could 
potentially be a threat to that is a cause for concern. Right, right, right. Um, like thinking, you- yeah, being more separated from that now. Like if this is something, if they like you said, uh, this could be a rebirth of the territories. Kind of, yeah. The, the way professional wrestling used to be. Um, I think if they wanted to do something like like baseball does with interleague play, like they do it once a year, you cross over companies, you know, you have a, you, as far as like television programs go, cool. Um, you have a healthy relationship between the companies, um, a respectful exchange of talent great my only question with that is how long can something like that last uh i don't know we're we're gonna find out um well i guess we have no choice we're gonna find out um i i i i share i have i you know look i me knowing more about impact than you do, I again, I'm very re- reluctant about all this. I I don't know that it's a great idea, but I am more than willing to see it through. Um, and I think I I, I think uh, there's a bigger bigger picture here that they're playing with that maybe I don't fully appreciate yet. Um, one thing worth noting though. And this is this could be some 4D chess that maybe I'm just <laughs> wishful thinking, but um, Impact has a working relationship now. I mean, on on a more real level than AEW for sure. Um, Impact has is sharing talent right now with NJPW. <laughs> um, now that in itself is monumental because. NJPW for a long time swore to never work with TNA Impact again because of how they treated Okada when he was before he was Okada when he was just a young lion on excursion in in Impact TNA Wrestling they made him into basically a joke so NJPW did not forget that and they basically froze out Impact for a long time and did not want to did not want to work with them now they're working with them again well now AEW is working with Impact 2. The bridges are being built here. And right. at the end of the day, companies are companies, but the talent, a lot of these guys are all friends, man. So, you know, yeah. it, it, it doesn't take a genius to kind of start figuring out if, if the talent all like each other and if the company heads can all see the benefit of working together. Like there's really nothing stopping all this stuff from happening. Um, if, uh, man, if Okada shows up on a Wednesday night on my TV, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> okay. Okay. And it's not, and it's not, and at this point, it's not like it can't happen. Like he is, Okada is friends with the bucks. Like, it's it's all all the, all all the all these companies have to do is get out of the way and let the the talent clearly knows that fans want this stuff to happen right 
and there's money to be made if it does. But the question is, who gets the money? You know, there, I, I, and this is where companies have to step in, unfortunately. But like, it's there. Like there, there is for the fan. There are great opportunities here if everyone can get on the same page. Now, who benefits and all that? Again, that's that's company talk, and we'll have to see how that works. But um, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll close this out with this. Um, how does, if at all, WWE react to this? Oh, they're they don't they air quotes don't care except they do because their whole business now is just to keep as much talent out of other companies as possible. They sign they they sign guys now just to keep them away. Like that's it. They they have no interest in using half the talent they have. They just want to sign them and keep them under thumb. That that's really it. Um, they're not. I don't think they're that concerned. They're still the multi billion dollar international, you know, gold standard of professional wrestling. They're aware of all of this, I'm sure, and they'll probably try and do some more counter programming, and they'll they'll try and hot shot some thing. But I don't know that they can because I don't know that I, I don't know I, and what 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 could they do that would shock shock me like nothing uh, ultimately it's like if they somehow partner with NJPW that would shock me but NJPW is not about to get cozy with a company that are already is talking about setting up a a a a promotion inside of their border and, and try and take NJPW's shine. Like, you know, NJPW does not want NXT Japan to happen. Believe me, they do not. So they're not about to cozy up with WWE. So like, that's not good. And, and then even, and then even if they did, I made this analogy earlier because I, apparently someone made a statement, WWE triple H said like WWE is open for business or whatever. When they talking about partnerships and all that stuff, in, in light right. of all of this. And it's like, you know, yeah, I'm sure McDonald's is open to partnering with uh, gourmet chefs around the world, too. But at the end of the day, the gourmet chefs are still making fast food McDonald's under the McDonald's name. Right? Like, right. you know what I'm saying? The analogy yeah. applies here. Like, I'm sure you're willing to, to work with whoever but at the end of the day those guys working with you are working under your banner serving your slop and it's going to have your brand on it and that's going to always be paramount it's not going to they'll never let anyone get over on them they'll never let anyone look better than them in any capacity ever ever never ever right so i have no faith in their ability to, to do some kind of shocking crossover and have the whole thing come off well because they will never put themselves in a position to look lesser than anyone else. So there's no drama there. I know they're going to geek out anyone they bring in and make them look stupid. They did it to Sting, for God's sake, and at WCW had been dead for 15 years at the, at the time. They still jobbed out Sting. All right. I, so, look, I know... I I I, eh. I know I come off as so anti WWE, but it's like you know what, dude. At the end of the day, uh, some people 
Some people think McDonald's is good food. Some people think Budweiser is good beer. I can't change those people's minds, even if they are objectively wrong. Okay? You like what you like, even if it's slop. WWE is the fast food of professional wrestling. It's not great. It's pretty consistent. It's okay. And it's available all over the world, and you know and you know the logo, and you know the name. That's what it is. It's never going to blow your mind. It's never going to really rise above a certain threshold. That's it. I got other companies that are my steakhouses, my ramen houses, my Mexican joint, and they're all execute. They're all they're all giving me different flavors and amazing quality consumption that I crave. That I'm not going to get at McDonald's. That's, this, this, I, you got to work with me on this analogy here, but this is how I feel about wrestling right now. <laughs> I mean, I think it fits to be honest. I mean, it with makes you. sense. It makes yeah, it makes sense. I I, 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 get, I get what you're laying down. Um, all right, so uh, let's see. What are, oh, <laughs> we might want to just we, we might want to just wrap this up here because I think we've, we've yeah, folks. We we were going to talk about Mandalorian. We'll get tonight, to Mando. Don't worry. We'll get to Mando. Spoilers. We both like what's going on in Mando. Mando is so great. We're going to talk about Mando. Yeah. Mando's awesome. Yeah. And you know, it, if Drew really likes it when they're starting to introduce animated characters to the show and he's still on board. We're going to talk about all that. They're doing it smartly. I'll, I'll stop there for now. All right. Yeah, we will talk about Mandalorian. Don't worry. But long and short of it is, we like it. It's a lot of fun. Um, I can't say anything about this week's episode because Drew hasn't watched it yet. Um, I will say this really quick. One thing that is annoying me about Mandalorian, uh, settle on an episode runtime. <laughs> like come well, on now that's the beauty that, last that's, week's that's, episode is 45 minutes i get all excited going into this week it's a half an hour episode that's the beauty of uh the streaming service model man they don't they don't they don't have to care <laughs> they're not locked into yeah, a, they're I, not locked into I a time know. slot i know i know, I know still, you know i want, want more well we always I want, want more, more. that's sweet sweet mando all right folks that's gonna do it for us this week we appreciate you hanging out with us as always uh, we love to hear from you. If you want to communicate with us, send us an email, any comments, anything to be read right on the show. You can reach us at the following social media locations. You can follow us on Devil's Due Pod on Twitter. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Due Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Due Podcast. Dot com. Drew, any closing thoughts? No. <laughs> All right. No, I'll see. You, I'll see. You, uh, you know, I'll, 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 I'll pop in on Twitch on Tuesday. We'll see what Kenny's got to say, and then for sure, obviously, Wednesday is going to be. Uh, Wednesday's going to be big. So, um, and it's not like they don't have a big card. They, they have a stacked card for Wednesday, too. So they knew that they were going to have some follow-up to do, and they booked it accordingly. So, ah, great, good, good thing. Right. Wrestling's fun, everybody. It really is. <laughs> it is fun. If, if, you, if you approach it with the understanding that it is a performance art, oh, yeah. and it is, it is theater, you're going to have so much fun with it. Um, all right, folks. That's going to do it for us this week. We got a lot of fun, exciting stuff, exciting stuff coming your way over the next couple episodes. We do. We'll be trying some new things. We're going to be having some guests. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
So we can't wait to roll out some new stuff for you all. And we hope you all stay safe. Have a great couple weeks. And we will see you on the next episode.